0: What I want to talk to you about this morning is really on my heart. I want to talk to you about letting Jesus be the hero in your life and not looking to celebrities being something that you look to. I, I'm going I'm to pick on one celebrity this morning. I could pick on some, but she's been in the news a lot. It's J-Lo. She don't, know, she don't have a halo. She's just J-Lo. And, uh, she's got the face of an angel, but she's got the morals like an alley cat and uh, I'm just going to say it like it is. People are scared to say things nowadays, but I maybe mean, she doesn't know what boyfriend, what husband, what ex-boyfriend she's going to and stuff, and people look at all that stuff and go, I want to be like her. But listen, when you look at celebrities, you don't want to be like them. If you can see the pain that they have, what they're looking for, what they see as accolades, you know, fame, you know, look, having an audience for a little while can, make, makes you feel good. People spending money to go watch you do a movie, that feels good getting them money. But in the end of the day, that money and that fame and everything else won't help you in life. And so this morning, we we live in a time where the celebrities are, are, are many people's heroes that, rather than God. And, and uh, the media is giving celebrities just a pedestal to sit on. And, 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 but I love heroes because heroes are people that are willing to risk danger and, and, and live in risk. I have a, a son of mine that's a fireman that's a, that's a paramedic and he's had different situations. He saved people's lives. He's he's held babies that he's tried to resuscitate. They didn't come back to life. And th- those kind of, those guys that walk into things, policemen, firemen, doctors, nurses during this epidemic, those are heroes. They're willing to take risk and they're being brave about what they do. Amen? And uh, he, you know, it's like, I think about, when I think about heroes, I think about honor. I think about, it's not about image, it's about honor and bravery. Whereas a celebrity is just image. It's, it's, it's a link to a computer and go, oh, look at them. Where do they go today? Oh, they're, man, they, they're on that yacht. They're on this. and all. People get all enthralled and all that. And I just think, man, how empty are they? You know what? I know what it was like being without Jesus and i don't want to go back there and so what's scary we see celebrities and not heroes even rise in churches in america we want our we want our celebrities in churches rather than people that are heroes that are going in the streets or go into prisons or to go into different uh, situations and help people and just love people where they're at and helping to, uh, hurting people begin to see clearly people that are depressed and down that they would be able to have a place where someone can go hey He's the glory and the lifter of your head, you know? And so the thing is, is that we have to make sure that the stars aren't outshining the sun. Come on. And and so, you know, uh, you can't come across as clever and have Jesus come across as wonderful at the same time. I believe this is a sobering, you know, I, I think... Let's look at Philippians. I'm just going to go right there. Paul begins to to express in Philippians what the heart of Paul shows us who the hero of the greatest story ever is, and this is what he says. He said, God exalted him. That's the father, exalted his son. This is what God thinks about his son, okay? He said, he has now been given the greatest of all names. The authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence. Everything and everyone will one day submit to his name. In the earthly realm, I mean in the heavenly realm, in the earthly realm, in the demonic realm. Every and every tongue will proclaim in every language, Jesus Christ is Lord Yahweh, bringing glory and honor to God, his Father. See, Paul not only wants us to remember this, but he also wants to see how the Father thinks about the Son. Paul tells us God put Jesus on the pedestal, and we must remember it's all about God. Augustus uh, said this, Christ is not valued at all if he's not valued above all. And I want you to think about that. He's not valued at all if he's not valued above all. And, you know, it reminds me of a story. There was a wealthy man, and, and uh, he had one son, and him and his son loved to collect fine arts. And they had this incredible, priceless art collection that they began to gather over many years. Being together, they just had a passion for just fine art. And what happens is, as the son got older. He joined the Marines, and he, as he went in the Marines, he was during the Vietnam era. And we need to remember our servicemen, even during this time. That he 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 was killed in action. Excuse me. And what happened is. He was killed in action. And so what happened, his father, his father, his, several years later, his his father, really, when he found out his son, his heart was broken, is, and the father died several years later. And what they did, there was going to be a big auction for all their art. It was worth millions and millions of dollars. There was there was Moliere's, there was there there was Van Gogh's, and the, but what happened before the auction, the the lawyer stood up for the family that represented the family. And said, "Hey, listen, I just want to tell you that before we sell any other art in this place, what the father the father said, the man that owned this art made a request, and he said." Before you sell any art, you're going to sell a portrait of my son. That's the first piece that's going to be sold. And so after he gives that announcement, everybody's like, oh, come on, man. Let's get to the real art. Let's get to the, the real art. And then so the auctioneer begins, who will give me $100 of this, for this portrait of the son? No one, gave, no one gave. Finally got down to $20. He said, who will give me $20 for the portrait of the son. And our old army buddy, our marine buddy, got him say, "How I'll give you 20. Those right, 20 once, 20 twice, <laughs> sold for $20. As soon as that happened, the lawyer, the lawyer stood back up and he goes, "Hold, oh, wait a minute. At the request of, the, of my client, he left me specific instructions. He said, whoever buys the painting of my son would get, receive all the other works of art. He said, the auction is over. Whoever chooses my son gets it all. My client said. This concludes the auction. I believe this. Whoever chooses Jesus gets it all. We don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. Are you hearing me? That Jesus defeated hell, death, and the grave. I mean, some of y'all sh- ought to be shouting louder than I'm preaching right now. Come on, Pastor Bubba. Anyway, and, and it's like, I just believe this: Jesus is the name. That's the name who gets it all. That's the name that gets me and you into heaven. Come on. That's the name that one day when we leave this earth, when we stop dre- breathing this earthly air, we'll breathe celestial air and we'll match the face behind the voice that we heard as we walked on the face of this earth. You see, I want to talk to you about three things that, you, that keeps Jesus the hero of your life. The first thing is, it's a word called perspective. Perspective is not what I see, but how I see it. How I see things. In other words, the, the facts are what, they're, what we're looking at. Your filter is what you're looking through. Are you hearing me? Yes. Sometimes we can see things, and go, these are the facts, but the filter. Sometimes people filter things by their life experiences. If I'm in pain, I'm looking through the the, the filter of pain. I'm looking through the filter of of, uh, depression, oppression. I'm looking for the filter of abuse. I'm looking for the filter of wounds and hurts and devastations. I'm looking through the filter that my parents weren't there when I needed them. My mama didn't give me what I needed as far as uh, just affection. Whatever it was. Or you look through it through brokenness. All your life, because your family was broken, your situation was broken, everything was broken, but we know that Jesus can take the pieces and put them back together, no matter where we've been or no matter what we've experienced. We spend a lot of time trying to get God to see it from our perspective, and God's trying to say, "Oh no, look at it through my perspective." I said, "My son, my only son, if you buy into Him, if you trust him." You get it all. You get victory. You get peace. You get calmness in the middle of a storm. Come on. That doesn't mean that you don't go through things. Come on. Let me ask you, how many of you have gone through something in the last three weeks? Like there was tough. Okay, good. How many of you have had a hard time with just facing people that you had to face that you didn't want to face? Okay, thank you. Put it down. You see, I believe this is it that God wants to see it from his perspective. Two years ago when I was in ICU at Our Lady of Lords Hospital, they they didn't think I was going to make it. In fact, you know, uh, as you can see, I'm here today. Grass should be growing over me if we listen to every doctor, but it's not. So while I'm on firm ground, I'm going to talk to you about Jesus and what he can do and how he touches people. The doctor didn't give me hope. The doctor told my wife that if he gets out of this, you'll have to put him in a convalescent home. And then his brain won't be right. We're still trying to figure out if that's still true. But anyway, but I came out after six days. And I remember coming out, it just seemed like everything was kind of just different, foggy. I was in a different kind of world. I've taken fentanyl and other things. I mean, so it was legal for me to do that. I wasn't buying it on the corner. But anyway. But Tracy told, Tracy stood in faith. She would read scripture over me. She'd call people, she'd put them on the thing and pray, have them pray over me. When the doctor said that to her, come in with the facts. Hey, this is his level, this is the numbers. This is, she goes, please, after about the fourth, third or fourth day, she told me, she said, look. She said, Dr. Cormier, can you just pray for my husband? Can you just trust God that God will touch him? And then when I came out of it, he came to see her in his street clothes, not his little white robe. And he said, he, this is what he said, I just had to come see for myself. I've been in chemotherapy. I'm in chemotherapy again. This week I had, I had a treatment on Monday and Mo- Monday through Wednesday. And uh, the doctor, when I was leaving, she just patted me on the shoulder. She goes, I'm so proud of you. I go, proud of me for what? She goes, just the way you live, your life. And I go, well, it's all about it's Jesus. Yes. Yes. I've got to preach to more doctors and more nurses. You know, what I mean that's like kind of been my ministry the last almost eleven years. And, and the crazy thing is, I've been given challenges. So I've had challenges throughout these years. And it's not just me, it's my family. I just prayed with some, I just talked to someone the other day that they had a diagnosis of some stuff. And I said, look, God's carried me through. God, he's the same God that's helped me. He can help you. In January, I went to the doctor because I was coughing a lot. And I had to do a checkup and they had to do a CT scan. And what happened is they found a new tumor. I mean a tumor. It wasn't a new tumor. It was a tumor that had grown in my right lung. I'm going to show it to you. We have got a picture of it. Can we see? This is my right, this is my right lung right here. Okay, this is my left lung. This is the tumor. Can you see that, that gray matter? And then right here is my air passage, and it's almost completely plugged up. This was a month and a half ago. That's my air passage. Lindsay, you can read that. Anyway, (laughs) the rest of us are going, okay, that's what they said to me. But anyway. This is God. They gave me five to six months to live. I'm here. I want to go to the pulmonologist. I'm back. Because <laughs> she told me she goes, I went for one appointment. She goes, oh, you sound, your lung sounds, she's Hindu. She's from India. She goes, your lung sounds so much better. And I go, well, it's Jesus. She goes, oh. Mm. And I go, and the chemo. Oh, the chemo, the chemo. I know it's Jesus. I know it's the prayers of the saints. And, you know, it's like Philippians says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. It's about perspective. Just because you get challenging news doesn't mean you have to believe it all. You don't have to swallow it hook, line, and sinker like a, a stupid fish. Well, if you go fishing, they're smart men. You know, you tell your wife to convince me. Hey, I gotta get. I gotta get that new bass boat. The fish have gotten smarter, anyway. I'm trying to help somebody out, but anyway, I, I just. I, I look at it. We were. Where were we? You know, it's like. I think sometimes we make the mistake that we make is we often try to view God through our circumstances. And this is bad, therefore God's bad. This is hard, so it must be hard to know God. You know, I, I, wanna, I, I want you to you view your circumstances through the goodness of God. You know, I had someone post a thing and they said, I just struggle because I just don't know how to pray. And my response is that that's your prayer. God, I don't know how to pray. Teach me. Instead of griping about, well, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how, to do that. how many of you kids go, I don't know how to do this? You got to teach them. Hello? You see, if you look for Jesus, you'll find him. He promised, if you seek me, you'll find me. If you knock, it's easy. He said, I'll open the door. Some of you are one revelation away from a breakthrough in your life. Just one. You see, I, I know that for me, I, I, at different times, I've been able to ring the, the cancer bell. Where you go, ding, 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 ding. I'd rang the H-E double hockey sticks out of that bell. <laughs> I remember I had uh, my friend Ronnie Lyles bring one time. And when I rang that bell, a lady started crying. I thought she had cancer. And I went over, I'm so sorry. And I just said, can I pray for you? She goes, I don't have cancer. My husband does. But seeing you and what you shared, because I, I shared, hey, I'm going to ring this bell. God's been with me. And it's, I can say this. He's the one that touched my body. So I'm going to ring this bell in celebration what God's done in my life and in my family. Because you don't go through things alone. If you're married and, you're, you're, and you have a good relationship with your mate, They know everything about you. The thing I love about my wife, she always asks good questions that challenge me. And sometimes I feel like I have to be on the defensive. Do you ever feel that way? Some of you nodding your head. Donkeys nod their heads too. You see, the thing I love about her, she's just more real than me. And she has a good perspective. And I'm learning all the time. Amen? Amen? And the next thing you need to have is not only perspective. You need to know your purpose. Why are you here? You know that people walk around life and they never know why they were here. Why God created them. What he created them for. What he created them to be. You see... I hear people say this. I just don't see the purpose. What's, what's the point? Why should I keep just trying doing this? How many of you hate pain? Any state of in here? We'll talk later, but that's a whole nother. How many of you like pain? How many of you hate pain? Come on, just almost say you hate pain. I believe this. I'll, I'll challenge that if you raise your hand. I'll argue that that's not completely true. People don't hate pain. People, they hate pain without a purpose. What do you mean? People can go through a lot of pain if they have purpose. If a person is, has a, a vision to make lots of money, they'll go through lots of pain to make that money. People will go through pain running a marathon, going to CrossFit, giving childbirth, leasing. I've been with my wife for all six of our children being born. I mean, she didn't do any drugs except she got one epidural for the fifth child. And she regretted that. And my mom was in one of the births, and she goes, my wife, she looked at my wife, and goes, you are a real woman. You are just a real woman. My grandmother said back in the 40s, she goes, I didn't know what I had for four or five days. They gave me so many drugs I couldn't even see. You see, don't just look at your life from a perspective of pain. But see your pain through the perspective of, a, of purpose. God has a purpose. Hey, look, if I'm going through something in my life right now, it's for a purpose. I'm not mad at God. It's the same God, whatever you're walking through, the same God that saved you can carry you through it. Are you hearing me? He'll carry you through it. And so James says it like this. He says, for you know that when your faith is tested, hello, tested, he said, your endurance has a chance to grow. Wouldn't it be great if just like last week we had bad weather and the weather thing came on, bleep, bleep, bleep. This is the National Weather Service. We're reporting a tornado in Basile You know what I mean? just They're doing all those kind of things. Wouldn't it be great if God came to you? Ba, 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 ba. This is the eternal broadcasting system. This is only a test. All hell will break loose, but you'll get through it if you hold on. How did you build your life? On sand or rock? We're fixing to find out. Floods are coming. Your life may be washed away, but if you're on the rock, you'll make it. How many of you don't know? Wouldn't that be great? Life ain't like that. It comes suddenly. How many of you have gotten a call? You know that one call can change your whole life, your whole circumstance, one call. You know, I think God's in the process of purifying and doing things in our lives and checking our motives. Why do we do the things we do and who do we do them for? It's like a goldsmith, the silversmith. The more you heat up that gold and that silver and the the impurities, the dross comes to the top and they skim it. And what happens is I've had people go, how do you know when it's ready? we just heat it up a little more? And they get the dross out. And they keep getting that dross out and the purity. And he goes, how do you know when it's ready? He said, I'll tell you when it's ready. And the silver smith or the gold smith you. it's ready. Well, how do they know it's ready? You know how they know it's ready? When they look into it and they see a reflection of themselves. The same way with God. Wherever you go, God's looking for you to reflect him. Because people know what you're going through. How many of you know news spreads, good or bad? And sometimes gossip spreads. Hello. You see, God's goal is not to make you happy. His goal is to make you happy, body, soul, and spirit. You know? It just means you're whole. You're being tested. There's... There's nothing insignificant in your life that God doesn't care about. You see, you never know. I know this. As a pastor, let me just say this. Sometimes titles mess people up. They just do. As a pastor, you know, my my responsibility, it's not my job. It's my responsibility. It's my privilege. If you're a leader in the Bible, you were called a servant. And servant doesn't mean, in Scripture, the joy of a servant is not power, control, comfort, or position. The joy of a servant is to serve. Hello. But sometimes, somehow in America, we've made it different you got to have all these fine things. All these. It's nothing wrong with having nice things. I don't care if someone's blessed as long as it's done for the right reason. Are you hearing me? I'm not here. And I've learned this. Whatever I'm, I'm critical of, I'll never reach that person. I'll never help that person if I'm critical. So God, I just believe this. You never know your servant until you're treated like one. You just aren't. As a pastor, I've been cussed out. As a pastor, I've been blessed. As a pastor, I've been hit physically. I was preaching to someone one time. They hit me with a shovel. Sorry, I wasn't a pastor back then. I was a street preacher. Sometimes you don't know. Why did Josh and Lindsay go on on sabbatical? Because they just need the refreshment of Jesus. They're okay. They're fine. They're they're doing counseling in their marriage. They're doing, they're, 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 they're trying to get whole. They're trying to just get a fresh breath of God. Being with their children. You know, the demand sometimes is that you miss out on things with your children. I missed out on my son's last baseball game they'll ever be in in high school because I committed to do something else for the gospel. And sometimes that happens. Are you hearing me? I don't like it. It's not fun. and some of you guys that you work, offshore, you work, you can't be at all the games. You can't be at all the things sometimes. It's hard. And so, the joy of a true servant is just serving. James says it like this, so let it grow. I love this. So let it grow. So let it grow. Sounds like a song. Anyway, and when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect, complete, needing nothing. One thing I've learned, Jesus plus nothing is everything. I'm not going to heaven with a casket and it's got a trailer hitch on it. And I'm taking all that with me. Look, this life, I mean, I just want Jesus when I leave here. That's all I want. The third and the final thing is, is not only do you need perspective and purpose, but you need all of us when we walk through things, sometimes you need you need to be persistent. Persistence. How I mean, you know we all want things now? Now, we don't like to wait, do we? Have you ever seen the, the Walmart checkout line? When kids are going through and there's candy? There's a lot of ma- manifestation going on. Children are manifesting the, the, the candy devil. How, you know what I'm talking about? And sometimes you go through, the, you see kids like that, and you go, excuse me, ma'am, I'll take him to the bathroom, wear his butt out and bring him back to you. That's how you feel sometimes. We're not mean at this church if you're listening on video. God doesn't build your life in seven minutes. He builds your life over a lifetime. And see, persistence is greater than genius. It's greater than being smart. Every day, my, my, my desire is every day I get out of bed and my feet hit the ground And I pray this prayer when I get out of bed. I'm getting my glasses because I'm old. I'm getting my my hearing aid because I can't hear anymore. Used to be selective hearing, now it's like no hearing. (laughs) And when I'm standing on my, my feet, I go, God, just use me today. Let me be in Your will and Your purpose today. Help me. Then I, I'm like an old cow. You know, I get that on. I get my little flip-flops on. They're kind of like my slippers, but it's flip-flops. And I'm making my way to the coffee pot. Flicking the coffee. Well, I'm older. I have to go to the bathroom before I do the coffee pot anyway. I'll flick that thing on and wait. And I'll go turn on my light where I read in my chair, my Bible and stuff. and, And it takes a little while. And it has a little beeper on it, but I can't even hear it. My wife goes, hey, did you hear the beeper? She's kind. Did you hear the beeper? No, I didn't hear it. She goes, I didn't think so, you know. And I'll get my coffee, and I'll pull up my Bible. God, open my eyes to what you want me to see today. That's how I start my day. It's, I'm just persistent. I'm not, I'm not smart. I'm not smart. I barely got out. A school. Literally. Literally. Not only, not, not only my grades, but my behavior and getting caught with drugs two weeks left in Catholic school, that's not a good thing. When you get caught with dope in Dallas and you got to go stand before the priest and the, everything and give them a reason why you were doing that. And that's a whole other story for another message and another day. But I look at my life and I go, God, you've been with me. See, you can be the hand of God in the glove of who you are. I can be the hand of God in the glove of Bubba. And I've been that sometimes to people. But you can't be that if you're critical. You can't be that if you're not going to see your 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 purpose and you you, you you don't have the right perspective. You're 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 marred and, and you're looking through things that aren't it's like it's like having glasses but the, it's foggy, it's scratched. Am I making sense here this morning? Okay. Y'all nodding your heads. Okay. Mules nod their heads at the gate. You endure, you persevere, you weather the storm. You make it through because you didn't give up. One of my best hunts in life was with my son Luke and we were with a guy, Phil McDaniel. He's a, my hunting buddy out of Crowley and we got in a storm and it was bad and I knew it was going to be a storm so I brought my raincoats. I brought one for Luke because my wife would kill me if I wouldn't bring one for him. I can get wet but not Luke, okay? Because Luke's her favorite. We all know that. and um, And so but my friend Phil didn't bring a rain jacket and we had these like decoy bags that you put the goose decoy, they're like in compartments and they're kind of waterproof. And so I I said, it's pouring down rain. I said, Phil, put the decoy bag on you. So he's putting the decoy bag and the water's running off. It's like one of those storms where you go, we need to get back to the house. But I was like, my son, good dad. I said, son, if we weather the storm, I'm telling you on the other side of the storm, there's ducks and geese going to come. I'm telling you, I've hunted too long to know after a storm like that, they're looking. They're down, they get up and they start looking. And man, after it stopped raining, the heavens opened up. It rained ducks and geese on us. And we had a great time. But we weathered the storm and sometimes, you know what, you and I are one breakthrough away from a breakthrough. One moment, one decision. And see, the devil comes many times and the the enemy of your life comes and he tries to break you right before God brings the breakthrough. He wants to break your marriage up. He wants to break your relationship with your kids. He wants you to break your relationship with your friends. It's right before the breakthrough. Are are you hearing me? Your mental wellness. Sometimes you go through things mentally, emotionally, psychologically, and you think, am I going to make this? I'm crazy. I never thought you self you you ever said you were crazy before. I remember I was doing some pain pills legal. After about a week my wife I, I was like I was like almost like a whimpering baby. And I remember wow, you know all then my wife goes This ain't good for you. And I went from that to I'll just take Advil or whatever Tylenol. You know. And and see, I just believe this. I've had people tell me this, but Pastor Baba, I've tried Jesus, but he just didn't work. And here's my response. You might have tried church. You might have tried Sunday. You might have tried a denomination. But you didn't try Jesus. Jesus didn't like ice cream. He's not thirty one flavors. That's impossible to say. You tried Jesus and he didn't work. Why? Because the Bible says in Romans, one of my favorite: "Everyone who believes in him will never be disappointed." It doesn't say might be; it says never. But that's who believes in him. Can you name one true follower at their deathbed that you know that said Jesus? I just Jesus. Turned his back on me. I don't, he was a he was a liar. I regret ever following him and serving him. I've never met anybody like that. I've held hands with people before they left this, they were believing, they were breathing earthly air, they went to breathe celestial air on the other side. I've been with them. I've held their hand. I've prayed with them. I've been with people who say, go home, go be with Jesus. And I've been also with people going, I hope they make it. I hope they trusted God. I've had people never come through. I had one lady in our church. She, during, during the height of COVID, she was in the hospital. The night before she died. I know she was going to die the next day. The night before she called me. Pastor Bubba, I'm afraid. I want to make sure I'm really right with Jesus. So I gave her the whole gospel message. That we trust him. We prayed. I went to visit her the next day. She never came to. I never got to talk to her again. Because one thing I've learned about Jesus, it doesn't matter your circumstance, it doesn't matter your your situation, it doesn't matter what you're going through because he's greater than all those things. He's greater. He can be your hero in the middle of your storm on the other side. You see, I'm reminded, Philippians 2, chapter, uh, verse 10 and 11 says, So that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Isaiah says it like this, Every knee will bend to me, this is the Father, and every tongue will declare allegiance to me. Jesus is the hero of our story. If you want to be passionate for God, you can remain passionate with God, and it'll keep you passionate for God. How do you used to keep passionate in a marriage, spending time with each other, getting gifts with another, talking to each other, walking through things with each other? That's how you become listen, I still love my wife, and I think she's hot. She don't like that kind of stuff. I do. I like her. She's soft. She smells good. She's clean all the time, even when she thinks she's dirty. I love her. You know? And the odor we get, she's like fine wine. I don't drink wine anymore, but just, she gets better. The same way with God. The longer you know him, the sweeter he is. I love seeing old saints. That means people that have served the Lord for a long time. And they're just precious. And they'll talk about Jesus and the way they say it. The way they respond to things. You see, every time I'm tempted to look at celebrities, see how they must have it made, I'm reminded of Philippians 2. Every knee will bow. Heaven and earth Below the earth. Let me just wrap this up. Let me ask one question. How many you believe that Jesus came to raise the dead? You believe that? I do too. We were all dead before we knew Jesus. But you don't have to be smart, you don't have to be good, you don't have to be wise, you don't have to be wonderful. You just got to be dead to yourself. Because the difference between self denial and dying to self. Self denial is like the, the Jenny Craig gospel. It's self denial. You too can look like this, you can lose that. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, and it's like people going, oh, it's all about self denial. But the gospel says this come, die, pick up the cross, and follow me. There's a big difference. And for us, all of us, it's that we have to be willing to die to our opinion. Do we be willing to not see through our circumstances what they are right now and look to Jesus and knowing that it's not about self-denial. It's about dying to myself and following the one that can lead me in the right direction. Amen? One of the things I am is a guide. I, hunt, I do uh, hunting guiding. And I've learned this. When I go to other places like Africa or Colorado or wherever I've gone to hunt, I tell the guide this when I get there. I'm a guide. I don't care what I think. I'm following you, and everything you tell me, I'm listening to. And whatever you tell me, look, if you're in Africa and you're walking the thing, they got all kinds of animals that can eat you, you listen to the guide. He's not getting far from me. Are you hearing me? Jesus has sent his Holy Spirit. He's the guide. He's the counselor. He's the one that will lead you in the direction you need to go. Amen? Amen. And so as as, as one of your pastors, I just want to say this. All we're doing is we're looking to the captain of the ship. That's Jesus. And we're asking him to guide us in every campus with every person. And so this morning, my encouragement Is that God wants to pour his courage into you. God wants to touch you. How many of you have just walked through some difficult times recently? It's been hard. It's been difficult. How many of you say, I just need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit in my life to renew me, to touch me, to give me courage to walk through what I'm walking through? That's what I want to do this morning. I just want to pray that the Holy Spirit would come. He would rest. He would renew you. He would strengthen you. He will guide you in the direction you need to go. Is that all right? Let's pray. Just bow your heads. And look, before you bow your heads, put your hands up like this, both of them. Like this, like you want to receive. I'm just going to pray over you. That's all I'm going to do today. Holy Spirit, thank you. During this time, during this service, I might have said a lot of things but you said that your word would never return without having an effect on people's lives. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You've been been walking these aisles, speaking in people. You've been whispering in their hearts and their spirits. And Father, whatever the people are walking through, you know, I don't, but you know what they need this morning. And I ask that God, Holy Spirit, you would come, you would refresh them, you would renew them. If there's things that they've been entangled with, I pray that they would let loose of those things that would hold them back from enjoying the fullness of life with you. I pray, Holy Spirit, for freedom in their minds, freedom in their hearts. Every as I rebuke every assignment in the name of Jesus over their lives, over their minds, over their future. God, you have a great future. God, their future is heaven with you. And so, Father, come, touch, minister as only you can. And pour your courage in people's hearts and their minds to believe you. Father, for greater things, I just pray that in the mighty name of Jesus. And all you say is, I receive. Amen.